You're listening to a Radio Stockdale podcast. Podcasts that are inspiring, interactive, and feature various discussions of leadership, ethics, and law. Welcome to Philosophy at the Movies. Each episode, we discuss various movies and their philosophical themes. I'm Alex Baker, and joining me as always... Sean Baker. Today's topic is the 1993 film, Green Snake. So, this is a film from Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Which we uh, talked... We just went to Hong Kong uh, a while ago with uh, In the Mood for Love, and interestingly enough, one of the stars of that movie, Maggie Chung, she is also in this movie. And this is based on the Madame Whitesnake folktale, a famous old Chinese folktale that's been adapted into various uh, storytellings. It's uh, Chinese opera. It's very popular there. Yeah. And it, sort, it tells the... It follows these two snake demons, or are they just... It's not altogether clear. Yeah, I mean, I mean you, you, have to, you have to kind of be, I think, much more familiar with... Uh, uh, Chinese folk tales, Chinese uh, religious beliefs, and, and and Buddhism in particular, to know, but they're called evils, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, there's some the the idea that is there's this, a hierarchy of beings, right? And um, uh, kind of central to the metaphysics is the idea that there's uh, reincarnation apparently becomes possible. Um, at some stage in in uh, the process of kind of the, the life um, cycles of beings, and so uh, the higher levels of uh, the reincarnation cycle are are occupied by human beings, right? And ultimately, you want to work yourself through that stage uh, towards some sort of a, I guess you might say, post-human stage of development, right? So these evils, the one we see earlier in the film is in the form of a spider. Uh, they, they, as they're trying to gain entrance to that uh, human level, they, they go through something called training. And they do it for hundreds of years, right? So at the beginning yes. of the film, Fat Hoi is the, uh, the Buddhist monk who kind of serves as kind of a policeman <laughs> in this world, right? Um, he's after this uh, spider demon that has taken on the appearance, only the appearance of a human being. A but, monk, I believe. Yeah, a monk. Old man. And uh, he's doing this because he's training to become a human being, and I guess it helps them toward that goal to take the form of a human being and kind of get a feel for what it is to like to live as a human being uh, at all levels of, of that being, you know, dealing with our moral nature as well as our physical and sensual nature, right? As that becomes a big theme in this film. Um, and he's in the process of doing this, right? And uh, for all we can tell, once he's captured, he, he dreads being uh, placed in this small container and then relegated uh, to a space underneath this pagoda, right? Because apparently that will cut off his chance of ever getting to that human level, Right? And um, uh, it, it's a, essentially 500 years of training, he says, down the drain. 
right? And he wants to get, attain to that level. It's genuine as far as you can tell. And Fat Hoy isn't having any of this, right? Mm-hmm. And he captures him. He's doing his police work, so to speak. He captures him and sticks him under that pagoda and then uh, turns around and sees that the, this set of beads he was carrying, this is common in Buddhist culture, they carried beads, um, are glowing a little bit, which apparently is an indicator that this uh, spider entity was in fact making progress and genuine in his intent and in becoming a human being. And, uh, contrary to the label, not simply being evil, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Um, so he has second thoughts, right? And he goes back to that pagoda, lifts it back up, takes the uh, spirit out, which is now in its normal form, uh, a kind of comical-looking large spider, right? And he releases it, you know, and says, maybe I'll see you later. He gives him a second chance. Um, so... That's kind of the, as it were, the metaphysical framework of the story here, because the two snakes, uh, the two snake spirits, I should say, or the two snake evils, as they call them in the film, are uh, 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 attempting to do the same thing. Um, they have been training uh, to become humans for an extended period of time. And you see they've made at least some progress toward this uh, Uh, in that episode uh, early on in the the purple bamboo forest, right? Uh, They're protecting a woman from the local village who, for some reason or another, is giving birth out there in the middle of nowhere uh, in a driving rain. And the two snakes are actually protecting her while this is going on. So he he at first, you know, being that policeman, (laughs) he's got to find those stakes and put them in their container and put them back where they belong. Um, he sees that they're doing this, right? So he has a, a, a momentary, uh, uh, I think later on he considers it a lapse, right? He says, okay, I'll give you two a break because you were uh, doing this and I wasn't in it. You didn't know I was around, so it's genuine. So I, I think you were really actually trying to help a human being uh, while she was very vulnerable giving birth. So I'm going to let you go, right? Mm-hmm. So... Then the rest of the story, I'll let you tell the story here. Uh, the rest of the story unfolds. It's the story of the two snakes who now have the ability to take on, at least partially, yes. uh, human form. Yes. They, uh, one is white snake and one is green snake. And when, white, when the name was white snake, I thought somebody was going to say, here I go again on my own. But you knew that joke was coming. I knew that one was coming. Yeah, it's too obvious. It's too low-hanging fruit. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's white snake and green snake. And they take the form of two women. And you can see that they still kind of have trouble adapting to that human form. There's kind of some funny scenes when one of them lifts up, lift up her leg, and you can clearly see it's like a, like a dummy leg or something, but they really yes. can't move it right. Yes. They still sw- slither and swerve like snakes. When they're walking, yeah. Yeah, and what, while they're entering this town one time at night, they see this respected local scholar yeah. named Shi Shen. Yeah. We should and, note that Green Snake and White Snake, I believe it's White Snake has been training, like she said, a thousand, a thousand years, years yeah. to be a human, while Green Snake is 500. So she yes. hasn't quite got the grasp on humanity like White Snake does. Yeah. And what's kind of interesting, I think there's a play here on uh, cross cultural images of reptiles, snakes in particular. Um, I think they're the. the, the reason their uh, snake is chosen here 
it, it says something about human psychology, or at least human reactions to snakes, right? Mm-hmm. Snakes kind of slither around and they seem kind of sensual in a way, right? So you have two snakes attempting to train to be human beings. One of them, the least experienced one, is still more kind of uh, enraptured by sensuality, right? Mm-hmm. Because of the carryover from being a snake. Well, hey, now I'm in a human body. Humans have more capabilities of sensuality. Well, I'm going to really go to town on this. So while she's doing that, there's some party going on, right? Yeah, and, and, uh, belly dancers look like they're from India. From India, yeah. yeah. And so she goes and indulges in that and actually takes on the human form while she's indulging it, right? Uh, while the more experienced white snake, who's apparently got somewhat beyond that stage, she's kind of grown up, so to speak, um, uh, uh, goes to another part of town and she sees this scholar. She be kind, kind of becomes infatuated with him as he does her, right? And he offers her a, an umbrella um, and, and so forth. So she's ready to kind of move on uh, to, as it were, more adult <laughs> yes. human relationships while uh, Green Snake, because she's only been at this for 500 years. It's in a way, like more like an adolescent, right? Yes. Yeah. And White White Snake is you know making plans with Shishen and wanting to eventually be marry him. But and she, they have also uh, moved into this uh, house and they've set up uh, some sort of medical practice, I believe. Yeah. Um, now we have to keep in mind the house is actually a creation of the two snakes. Yes. They somehow project this thing because of their magical powers, right, and create this house that Shi uh, uh, Shin moves into, right? And they take up residence, all three of them together. Now, the medical practice, and again, this is a sign that White Snake is further along in development, right? Uh, she actually wants to serve human beings. Um, that's out in town. That's in that village, right? And it's real. Uh, it's not a projection, so to speak, of... Uh, uh, her and the green snakes. It's it's real, and it's where Shi Shen at least spends some of his time when he's not being a teacher. As we see early on he's he's a teacher and a rather strict teacher at the beginning of the film. Yes, and then uh, slowly and surely, uh, as as he and White Snake develop their relationship, he becomes less disciplined in his teaching. I love that one scene where. I forget exactly when it was in the film when, you know, he's become pretty enamored with her. He's fallen deeply in love with her. And they show him at, at school with these kids who he had been strictly having uh, 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 recite uh, um, passages from their textbooks earlier in the film, right? Uh, now he's kind of just leaning on his desk and looking looking away kind of wistfully He's thinking of her, right? And, and so all the students thinking that they must mimic the master, yeah. right? They're doing the exact yeah. same thing. And when he sighs, they all sigh in unison together. It's hilarious. I love that. Yeah, and eventually when they have this house, and not it's not just uh, Fat Hoy the monk, mm-hmm. but now this other kind of goofy... Daoist. He's a Daoist. Yeah. He's just trying to attack them because he still has that same thing that they're snakes, they're evil, and I must try to eradicate them. Yeah. But he's not even as experienced as Fat Hoy, so he just he's almost kind of seen he's, as a buffoon. He's, he's just the comic relief, yeah. you know. And interestingly, though, uh, his his motivation for 
trying to rid the world of the evils is purely for his own aggrandizement, right? And Fat Hoy will at least try to convince himself that it has nothing to do with self-aggrandizement in his case. He is very far advanced. He's almost beyond the human level. Um, he's actually a disinterested policeman in the metaphysical sense. He actually wants to get the spirits and put them back in their proper place and so forth and appropriately police the whole uh, system, so to speak, uh, uh, a metaphysical system that is in place. That's what he tells himself at any rate. But I think you see hints all through the film that he's more like that Taoist than he thinks he is. It's a matter of personal pride for him. Uh, more, more, more so than he thinks, right? Mm-hmm. And some very interesting thematics in the film too about uh, whether or not it is in fact a uh, good thing to uh, do as uh, the, the Buddhists do, uh, 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 adopt the goal of transcending human reality, so to speak, and becoming, uh, in a sense, indifferent to it, right? Uh, he ultimately fails in that, doesn't he? In that, in that uh, penultimate scene with Green Snake kind of testing him. He's yes. so proud of himself, right? He asks her, I need you to help test me. I'm going to meditate and you're going to try and tempt me sexually. And I will, of course, not fail. But if I do fail, I'll let you go. Well, he's lying the whole time. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, again, uh, it, it shows, I think... Uh, the ineliminable nature uh, of him as a human being. Uh, interesting implications there, I think. Yeah, because at this point, Shishen does not, obviously is not aware that they are really snakes. Yep. But one day, going back to their place, he's, because Green Snake is still not quite adapting per, well to that human form, and there's one time she's drinking this type of wine, but the thing they, I believe they say is, like, if they, she consumes that wine, it'll make her reveal her true form. Yes. And it's kind of funny. Like, he goes in, and then he sees, like, this. They're talking. They're unaware he's there. And he just sees this giant snake tail. Yeah. He's just waving around. Yeah. I think it shocks him so much. I believe he even had, like, he has, like, a heart attack. Or yeah, something. he dies. He dies. He dies, of, he dies of shock. And then so White Snake sees that, and then she has to get this type of herb. Yeah. To bring him back to From life. From a remote mountaintop. Yes. And yeah. uh, once again, Fat Hoy is still not trusting of the snakes. So she's going there, but he follows them. Yeah. Uh, he And that's when he has that showdown with Green Snake. And when he says, yeah. I can test you and I will beat you, mm-hmm. but he fails. Yes. Eventually, um, Shishen wakes up and she's saved. And now they are, and I believe he's lost his memory of recognizing them as snakes. So they just go on and they're about to be married. But then um, Shishen, he goes, he, he finds Fat Hoy. Mm-hmm. And Fat Hoy tells him the yeah. truth. Actually, Fat Hoy finds him. Finds him. Right. He, yeah. goes, he goes to work. He goes, he goes to his classroom. It's empty. And there's Fat Hoy. Well, well what happens is... Uh, uh, Fat Hoy tells him, you know, you've got two na- snakes living with you, and I'm here to protect you, and you need to do what I tell you to do. Um, uh, Shi Shin is petrified because he's already fallen in love with White Snake. He's he's reconciling with himself that she himself with the fact that she's a snake because he's come to recognize that she's become fully human, basically. 
So he says, you need to wear these beads. He gives him some beads, and that'll protect you from them. And uh, so Zixin leaves. As soon as he's out of sight for uh, Fat Hoy, he takes the things and dumps them in the river. Mm-hmm. And then he goes home. And he says, I've got to warn Green Snake and White Snake, right? Because this guy's coming after him, and he's not, he's not a joke like the two Taoist, Taoist guy, or three Taoists. Uh, he's a serious threat. So I need to tell them to hightail it out of here. No pun intended, snakes, hightailing it. Okay. Um, so he goes home. White is there. Green isn't there because um, she and White have had a conversation that essentially says, look, um, I, you know, I, I'm serious about life with... She, she, Shin, um, I have to have you leave, right? And and Green comes to understand this, although she's a bit jealous, right? So she does leave, and by that time, that's when she Shin shows up, and uh, now he's panicked because Green isn't there and he can't warn her, warn her either. So he says, "Why just stay here? I'm going to go find Green." She goes, "Well, won't you just let me do it, right?" He doesn't want to tell her why, right? No, 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 no. I'll do it. And then I need to talk to you guys, right? So he finds Green, warns her of this, and so forth. And then uh, this is about the time that uh, uh, Fat Hoy shows up. Eventually it comes down to the final showdown. They go try to retrieve um, Shi Shen, who's now been taken by Fat Hoy into this group with the monks. Yeah, and- a mountaintop. Yeah. Temple. Monastery temple thing. With with a lot of monks. And, and yep, go ahead. And Fat Hoy refuses and then the Green Snakes are reminds, I think, Fat Hoy about the fact that he did lose that challenge. Yes. It gets to a part where they create a flood. Yeah, right? they're they're trying to rescue Chi yeah. Shin, so Green Snake has the ability. They, they've done this before. They have power over water, right? Earlier in the film, again, evidence that they've they're more human than snake. Um, they both divert a flood from the local village that they've been serving in, in the medical capacity, right? This flood comes. They divert it to save the villagers, right? In fact, Fat Hoy helps them do this. Yes. So you, you, you wonder as you're watching the end of the film uh, with that particular scene in mind, why he is so dead set against... Uh, uh, kind of casting the two snakes back into uh, purgatory or hell or whatever you want to yeah. call it, where they, you know, they've, they've shown ample evidence twice to this man that they're not just merely snake spirits, evils, quote, that they have capacity to do good. Um, but he seems to ignore that. Now, mm-hmm. the question is why? And I don't know quite the answer to it, but a, an element uh, of the answer, I I've mentioned before, it seems like it's more like with the Taoist characters. It's more just a simple, simply a matter of, as it were, earning a badge, uh, a bragging rights, so to speak, for him mm-hmm. um, with regard to his his job, right? Or with regard to being so, as it were, transcendent of the world. He doesn't uh, uh, worry about mere earthly matters, right? Uh, it's interesting. I don't know what to make out of him because he's kind of lost his moral sense here, his sense of fair play, his sense of compassion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's you know if that's the direction Buddhism is taking people in, I think the message here is uh, in the film is th- that's not a direction you want to go. 
right? It's not a, it's not a movement, movement upward. It's a movement back downward. Um, it's interesting. He at the kind of the pinnacle of this uh, uh, hierarchy seems to be the one doing that. Where the, the, the creatures on the lower levels of the hierarchy, spiders and snakes, are showing mm-hmm. a desire to improve themselves and exercise human compassion so forth and there's some kind of commentary in this film here about religion i think it's interesting yeah because at the very end with the showdown there comes a flood we should bring up that white snake is pregnant and yes during the showdown with the flood and attack on the monastery she gives she gives birth yep but while but while giving birth though she is just she is killed in yes. the flood yes and then in shishen's distraught and sad over her death and then Green Snake kills Shishen so they can be together in the afterlife. But the baby is okay. Yeah. And then Green Snake at the very end starts to question those feelings with everything that's gone on about yeah. love and leaves Fat Hoy alone with the baby. And she even says Fat Hoy is complicit in all this because not only you complicit in their deaths, but also the monks in that yes. uh, temple are dead because yeah. of him too. It, it's interesting it's, watching it, this it's, film because it's... It's an interesting commentary. Her last lines are an interesting commentary because it it shows kind of the duality of human life or humanity, and we can be uh, moral, right? Do incredible acts of selfless um, service to others, and you, you see, you actually see to some extent Fat Hoy doing that at the end, saving the baby, right? But at the same time, you see the pointless almost pointless cruelty and insensitivity on his part too so uh he's so enthralled with his uh buddhism and the service to what he thinks is liberating humanity from its uh, its lower aspects right he's quite willing to do very cruel things in service to that and he ends up causing as collateral damage to that project, the death of all those Buddhist monks. Yeah. Um, and she sees that. She's got her own personal experience because she cries at the end of this film of the better side of humanity, right? That compassion that as a snake, apparently she lacked with only 500 years of training, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, white snake had gained it earlier you see her cry earlier in the film for the first time and then you see green snake cry at this very pivotal point so she sees all of these things and then she says something very interesting at the end of the film she said if this is what it is to be a human being and uh even though it includes uh love and compassion and uh, selflessness with regard to others i think i'm gonna leave and she leaves and she leaves Fat Hoy alone mm-hmm. with the child. And you, that last uh, shot is really cool. I like it. Uh, 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 shows Fat Hoy kind of turning in, in contemplation, right? And then the scene fades as if he's beginning to question uh, not merely humanity, but himself and the whole enterprise he has been uh, engaged in as a Buddhist monk. Very interesting. I mean, the whole film really feels like a very ethereal, I would say, like dreamlike. Nothing feels like 
realistic. It's all very like surrealist. Yeah, it, like it almost feels somewhat Lynchian. If like if David Lynch directed a movie based on the Chinese folktale, I think it would be yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, and that's a reflection too. I think of the uh, Buddhist belief that reality is an effective a veil of illusion, Maya, they call it, um, somehow or another created by uh, God, for lack of a better term. Um, so he does a very good job of doing that. And I think the color, the use of color in this film is spectacular for that reason. But also the comical use. I see people complaining that he didn't use CGI or stuff. Okay, it's 1993, first of all. Second of all, he's trying to create an atmosphere here. Um, yeah, 1993 the, CGI wouldn't have been fair. Yeah, uh, and even high-tech special effects, I think, would have been out of place here. I mean, the... the, the 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 snake when the green snake when she does appear yeah. is comical yeah. you know um, exaggerated big features the tail wagging around like crazy um, the two Taoist guy the three Taoist guys I don't know why this occurred to me when I saw those guys they reminded me of the Three Stooges <laughs> but um, um, that's all very intentional I think to create that um, that uh, as you say that Lynchian uh, aura of the unreality of life right and uh, fat hoy because he believes in the unreality of life believes ultimately that maybe that the cruelties he's he's uh, exacting on these creatures are not not ultimately very harmful at all right so it allows him to rationalize cruelty right and these two creatures uh, um, allegedly less advanced recognize cruelty for what it is right so again i'd ask the question who's the better who's who's the better entity here <laughs> the one more worthy of being re reincarnated at a higher level you know if, if you're talking reward uh sure seems like it's the uh the two snakes probably that spider at the uh, beginning of the film too uh and not fat hoy and maybe you know the optimistic read of the film is he realizes this at the very end, right? And that's why he's kind of turning and looking contem very contemplative because he's come to that realization through hard experience. Well, maybe. <laughs> we don't know. Because mm -hmm. when you talked about, you know, snakes and how humans perceive snakes, I wonder if some one of the messages of the film is the how, you know, if you just, if somebody's done something bad in their lives or you're always going to be thinking about them, for that. just like snakes, because I think, you know, one of the you know most famous snake stories is the Garden of Eden. And, yeah, you know, him tempting Eve with the apple and then causing them to be thrown out of the paradise. Yep. And you always because you think when you call somebody a snake, it's not a very good term. <laughs> so it is like he's thinking because they're snakes or because they're spiders. Another like if you see a spider on your hand, a lot of people are going to be freaked out. So yes. it is is that. You see these things, and you're always going to think, "Oh, they're they're evil, or they're they're going to bite me, or they're going to cause us great harm." Or yeah. if you see like a cat or a dog, we might think more highly of them. Yeah. Um, what, what's interesting is uh, there's a there's a definite play in the film between that kind of as it were hardline view of certain entities as irredeemably evil, and it's in it's in definite conflict with the whole notion of reincarnation karma uh, because that system essentially entails that it's possible to improve your lot if not in this life in your next life 
and that all depends on what you do in this life, right? And we, we clearly see the snakes as an example of this. Less a little less a little less clearly with the spider. Um, and you would think that the, the the Buddhist monk on top of the hierarchical chain here in terms of knowledge would know, hey, this is kind of an essential feature of the universe. So I need to give these entities a break and give them a chance to actually do that jumping up in the hierarchy of lives, even if it isn't a next life. Um, and he's conflicted there. Some, some parts of the film, he seems to do those kinds of things. Other parts of the film, he is a hardliner. No, I'm throwing you in jail, right? And you want to ask him, hey, why are you being inconsistent? <laughs> Um, but uh, like, you, like you said, this is in other cultures, too, this notion of certain kinds of entities that are irredeemably evil. But there's an interesting connection in that uh, Old Testament story, I think. Um, the snake, once again, symbolic of evil, symbolic of Satan. What does he introduce the human beings to? The tree, the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right? So it, it's something that is of benefit, we generally think, to human beings to have knowledge, right? And we also think it's of benefit of, uh, uh, to us and unique to us and what makes us, in a way, more uh, uh, valuable or interesting, at least, uh, when compared to other animals on the planet we have a moral sense we understand what it means to be good or evil and we can organize our lives and uh, the lives of other things around us other animals even right according to that vision right so that seems to be a better thing to have than not have um, and it's interesting that the agent of the introduction of that knowledge in uh, judeo-christian mythology is a snake is satan right and uh, uh something similar is going on here in this folk tale i think that's what's kind of fascinating about it uh, and again it's a cross-cultural thing if you look at cultures across the globe there are certain creatures that are symbolic of evil or ickiness at, the, at least right and they tend to introduce things like this if you look at um, aztec mythology the uh the god that introduces the Aztecs to various branches of knowledge is called Kukul Khan. He's a winged serpent. Uh, similar kind of thing going on there. Uh, interesting commentary on human mythology, I think. Yeah, this is probably one of the most famous folk tales in in China. And it's been done many times in opera, but we should point out it didn't bring this up. Mm -hmm. It is actually an adaptation of mm -hmm. a novel by a woman named Lillian Lee. Yes. And the title Green Snake is the folktale is called Madam White Snake. But in this one, the it's more of even, I would say. The Green Snake gets a lot more time. But if you yeah. look at the folktales, and some of them, because it, it varies a lot. Like this, yeah, the story isn't exactly the same for everything. Right. But uh, some of them, the Green Snake is treacherous she betrays white snake yep and sometimes so sometimes she's evil but here she is she's sort of you know yeah. the you know the almost the hero of the story i would say almost and there's a there's even a version of this story that uh, has it that fat hoy himself uh, uh, at the beginning of the story is one of the creatures one of the evils quote so to speak he's in turtle form right that is 
competing with the others to make it up to that next level of reincarnating as a human being. He succeeds, he becomes a human being, and then he ultimately becomes a Buddhist monk. And then he kind of turns on these other creatures, including the snakes, who are trying to get up to that level along with him. So there's that whole, uh, in that particular variant of this story, there's that whole, uh, that would have been interesting to uh, do that one. Because ultimately, I guess, according to Buddhist beliefs, we're all have a, a life story similar to that. And over many, many lifetimes, every human being has got there uh, basically because they've learned lessons in, in uh, numberless other lives as other sorts of beings. And somehow or another learned the lessons required to get you up to the human level, right? So you'd think that he, being aware of that as a Buddhist, like I've said before, as a Buddhist monk would have more compassion than he does. And in that variant in the story, he doesn't have any compassion either. He's kind of a hard, hard ass and um, uh, kind of Buford G. T. Justice <laughs> pursuing this, the Never white and green snake. Yeah. Movie, but okay. <laughs> well, even when we see them early on in the movie, because they're, they're saying they're trying to learn human emotions, but we can feel a very sisterly bond yes. between them. So it almost feels like even at the beginning of this movie, they're still, as they still, they aren't. Like, even though they're called demons and they're called evil, they don't seem evil. They just seem like they seem like animals, particularly just curious and what it's like if they become human. Well, to me, never quite got the fact that you can see they like playing around and maybe toying with humans a little bit. Yeah. But never for evil or to do terrible deeds. Yeah. There's a there's a seed of humanity in them from the very beginning. Right. Uh, The the way I looked at it, um, the way they behave early in the film is uh more or less like children, right? Yes. And uh, uh, what they need is good parental supervision, right? And you kind of see White Snake taking on that role uh, with Green Snake. She's the less experienced of the two, so she's got a kind of patience of a mother with her at some in some periods of the story, especially when she's trying to flirt with her husband, right? She kind of understands. Well, she's just too young and inexperienced, right? And recognizes like you said that kind of seed of humanity it's always there and uh from the get-go i mean because one of the things snakes do and they they do this throughout the film right um most species have as it were some level of sociality to them right not all but most and and snakes tend to congregate in dens right well you'll have a high number of these snakes kind of slithering around on top of each other and so forth and that's kind of their way of socializing, so to speak. And uh, it's a little weird for us, right? I think he does a good job in this film showing that at multiple stages of the process, the two sisters kind of slithering all over each other and stuff. They're just being snakes. That's what snakes do, right? And Shi uh, Shin is a little taken aback by it a couple of times because he's a human being, you know, and he doesn't have any recent experience of being a snake. Maybe in a past life, who knows, but he's not going to remember that because he's reincarnated, right? Um, and they, I, I, I like the way director plays with that, right? He's actually asking you to think what it would be like to live as a snake and what parts of it would be bizarre from a human point of view and just realize, well, that's natural from a snake's point of view. So again, you'd have, if you were the Buddhist, you were <laughs> aware of the, the whole architecture of karma and reincarnation you think they would have a little bit more compassion in this mm-hmm. and also recognize that thread of 
sociality and compassion and, as it were, humanity, even in the lower forms of life. And Fatoy doesn't do this most, or does it inconsistently, I should say. It's an interesting, another interesting aspect of this film. Okay, getting close to the end of my questions here, you know, one thing I did want to bring up before we start signing off was you talk about the director, and this is Sui Hark, and he's a big name in Hong Kong. Well, did a lot of action martial arts movies, like the Once Upon a Time in China films with Jet Li. Yeah. But, um, you know, interesting, I was thinking of, you know, particularly the Buddhist monk in a lot of those action martial arts movies and particularly the ones in the 70s like they're always portrayed as the heroes but if there is a villain i would say it is almost fat hoy yeah because of just the way he views them and just how he almost screws so many things up and causes so many problems yeah it, you even think when they're what they're doing is you know sending this little uh, medical place to help with the villagers but you never see fat ho uh, fat hoy yeah uh, help the villagers at all yeah he he, he comes across as uh, dense and uh, cold with regard to the pain and suffering of human beings, right? Um, again, that might be a result of him thoroughly uh, uh, taking on and believing that notion that all of human reality, including pain and suffering, is the veil of Maya, ultimately illusion, not real. Right, that might give him a rationalization for behaving that way. We don't know for sure, but we do know for sure that he is not very compassionate. And he comes to maybe see that too late toward the end of the film when the only survivor is the infant, which now he gets to keep care of. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Philosophy at the Movies. You can find this podcast and more podcasts produced by the Stockdale Center by visiting the Radio Stockdale page at usna.edu program is hosted by Radio Stockdale. You can also listen to their podcasts such as Ethics on Naval Warrior and The Do-Over. If you like this podcast, you might be interested in my other podcast, Real Sounds, which episode dedicated to classic movie soundtracks. And can, that can be found online at thesoundacinema.podomatic.com. So until next time, I'm Alex Baker. And I'm Sean Baker. Saying so long, and we will see you next week. <laughs>